This is Mark Grace, and you're listening to Ready to Unload with Cal and Sandpete. December 15th, it is 2011, it is 9.30pm, I am one of your hosts, Steve Sampietro, I will be joined in a second by my co-host, Brian Calvi, for this episode of Ready to Unload with Cal and Sampi, we got a lot to talk about, we'll be joined by the Bishop Pop Culture PJ, our producer, and we're taking your calls, if you want to call in, why not, 424-220-817 is the number to call, it's Tuesday night, it's 9.30pm, we are Cal and Sampi, we are ready to unload everybody. Welcome to the program, live from Bayside, New York, from Freehold, New Jersey, and from Comac, New York. It is the Ready to Unload radio program, podcast, talking New York sports, talking other stuff, talking all kinds of things. Thanks for joining us for episode 11-38, the Christmas episode. Now, we know Christmas is next week. We're going to do a show next week, too, but... You know how in episodic television, the Christmas episode is always like three weeks before Christmas. Give you a little water cooler stuff. Something fun. It's going to be a fun show. Maybe even we'll say Festivus or something. I don't know. But before we get to all that, let's bring in my co-host, the guy whose name is on the awning hanging outside the studio. Okay, He's first, too. He gets top billing. My partner in crime, my partner in grime, my partner in all things La Lime, or Patrick Lalim. He is Brian Calneva Calpino Caliente. Hi, Brian. Steve. Hi. How are you? Good. Good. I'm good. Did you see I mixed in a Patrick Lalim reference? I like that. We haven't heard his name in a while. Nobody's heard his name in a while. Patrick Lalime, uh, whose name was spelled L-A-L-I-M-E, Lalime. Uh, former goaltender for what, Senators? Ottawa, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, that's right, he was with the Penguins. He bounced yeah. around a little bit. He bounced around. Cal, how are you, man? Yeah, good, you know. <laughs> no, I don't. It's, I asked. You don't? 
Oh, well, let me tell you. Let me tell you. Uh, gosh, 10 days before Christmas. It's unbelievable. It is 10 days before Christmas. Where, December the 15th, 2011, folks. Where did the time stamp it? That's good. Thank you. <laughs> because when, when people listen to this episode a year from now, because it's going to be the most talked about, unbelievable episode in the history of this show. It's the Christmas episode. That's right. We want them to know the date of that history was made, right? I'm changing the RTU fun load right now. Ooh. Had an RTU fun load in mind, PJ, our our producer and, uh, and frequent contributor to the show, uh, the Bishop Pop Culture PJ, uh, PJ is going to have a conniption because we are once again bumping his top ten albums of the 90s. Again? You know why? I'm throwing you guys a complete curveball. I'll tell you why. Can I? Well, let me tell you something. I I like that you're bumping it because next week is our year-end show. It is our year-end show. And that's typically the time you do top whatever number list of things. That's right. In a year-end show. That it is good. We are we are we, are we going to do a biggie year-end show next week? We're doing our I New Year's show next week. That's right. I think next week is just a clip show. <laughs> it's it's a retrospective of of 2011. That's right. From the perspective of RTU. Um, right. It's going to be, I mean, it's going to be hot. It's going to be, I, I know our producer's putting that together right now. He's not? He's not putting no, that together right no, now? No. He's actually sitting at home petting his cat. So, uh, and that, <laughs> that's not a euphemism, folks. He is actually petting a, a real cat. Um, here's the new fun load, guys. You ready? Most memorable Christmas episodes uh, from our favorite shows. Ooh. Pretty good. So chew on that. We'll do that later on in the show. Interesting. Thank you. Thank you. I threw a uh, complete – Cal, you know what I want to talk about before we get into the sports? And we'll bring in PJ to talk about this too. Um, so just now – I know, 10 days before Christmas and stuff. If you're shopping if you're shopping for me, okay, and I know you are, I, I just found out – I was watching uh, the TV there with the wife before doing the show because this is what I do. I usually have about 20 minutes. There's a 20-minute window in there. Uh, on a show night where I I can eat uh, after the baby is put to sleep. I can eat. Uh, Teresa and I have a quick meal. We watch a little HDTV, and then I'm off to do the show. So there's about an 18-minute window in there, uh, of which 16 minutes of which I watch Islanders hockey. But anyway, at the end of it, Cal, if you're shopping for me, I just found out that the Tory, that the Spelling Manor is uh, is for sale. Spelling Manor. Are you familiar with Spelling Manor? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Torian Dean? That no, no. This is the the Aaron Spelling's house. Oh, this is his. Oh, wow. No, this is I Aaron didn't know Spelling. Now I gotta bring PJ in here because Pop Culture PJ definitely knows about this. There's a special on HGTV that I'm watching with Teresa, uh, and it's called Selling Spelling Manor. Guess what the ask is? And again, if you're shopping for me, Cal, you're going to want to cross this right off the list because I don't want you spending quite this much. Just get, well, I got no, no limit for you this year. Guess what the ask is? Guess what they're listing this on the market for? I'm going to say $10 million. That's 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 not even not even close, not even in the ballpark. PJ, let's welcome in our producer. The Bishop Pop Culture PJ. Hi, Peach. Hi, everybody. There he is. Jane, get me off this crazy thing. 
Hold on, hold on, hold on. Did you just play your own theme music? Damn right. They, Cal and I don't get a fax, we don't get a memo, we don't get anything. Hey guys, I've got theme music for myself now. He just went off the um, sheet. Our producer's going rogue. Yeah, well, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to I'm going to be loading up uh, all different uh, new clips uh, in the new year. We're going to uh, we're going to recycle none of it. And, Excellent. Uh, we're going to have new stuff coming up. New stuff. Take about nine, ten weeks. We're <laughs> <laughs> putting new people on the payroll too. I got an intern finally. Nice. You deserve that. Now let's push this giant ball of grease out the window. Um, <laughs> PJ, how much? What's the ask on the uh, selling spelling manor? I think I think I heard this story. Is is it like a fifty-five room mansion that she wants eighty million for, or something like that? You're both you're both well under. Oh, okay. Now I I. I this special was being narrated by none other than Steve Sanders. <laughs> Why wouldn't it be? Yeah. Uh, uh, Ian Ziering. The cat there. I see the cat. Uh, Ian Ziering doing the narration here on this HGTC special. <laughs> <laughs> manner. $150 million, boys. $150 million. That's crazy. Now, I believe, because I said to Teresa, I turned to her and I said, see, this is why they hate us. No, because see, it's still not as douchey as the Lexus commercials. It's still not as douchey as a as a big red bow on a Lexus. I understand that. I agree. You know what I'm saying? No, but the, the, here's here's the thing, guys. I think it in, it also includes everything in the manor. So, like all the furniture, all the you know, I mean, there, there's antiques or whatever. So, Cal, cross that off. Okay, I can't have you spending that much on me. I can't. It's been bought. Though Kublai what you watched Khan, was an old episode. The Pleasure Dome decree. No, I thought this. <laughs> I thought this was a new episode. I thought this. No, 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 no. So no. you're telling me somebody shelled out 150 million dollars for that house? I'm sorry, that manor, mansion, estate. I think it only went. Didn't it sell? It did sell. That's what I'm saying. Can you look it I'm up? I'm thinking maybe uh, it might have sold for 80. That's why. I, that's why I'm thinking 80 million. Petra Ecclestone, the 22-year-old daughter of Formula One magnate Bernie Ecclestone. She bought it. $150 million. She got everything in it. The eye-popping estate features 14 bedrooms. Yep. 27 baths. Yep. 16 covered parking spaces. And 56,500 square feet of living area. Oh, that's what it was. It wasn't 55 rooms. It was 55,000 square feet. 56,000. But here's my favorite, guys. Two gift wrapping rooms. <laughs> that's important. Because you need that. So on this special, well, they have... The, when you on run out of special... in the one, you go to the other. That's, it's, I mean, that's yeah. just planning ahead, Steve. The only problem is the the one room is probably like uh, three and a half miles from the other room. That's and why you've, they made you've, your segue. You've forgotten. <laughs> you've forgotten what you're wrapping by that point. Christmas well, is you over. Get a rickshaw. It's Christmas. <laughs> if you have a fifty-six thousand square foot house, you should have people carrying you around on rickshaws. Yeah. From room to room, I'm I'm completely down with that. I I I, I would have no problem with that. Now, in what way is this Ecclestone person a, a, a racing magnate? 
Does he make the little-known Ecclestone tire? Firestone. <laughs> Ecclestone. <laughs> I, I, yeah, there it is. What is a racing magnet? Magnet. Not magnet. A magnet. Yes. I, yeah. Thank you. I wasn't thinking North Pole, South Pole. I know it's magnet. Right. Oh, okay. He makes blacktop. Does he make blacktop? Does he make Does he make big fat tires? What? Is, yeah. What? How does one How does one acquire a hundred and fifty million dollar house by being a racing magnate? Oh, he know, makes that the really, really tall stoplight that goes red, 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 yellow, 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 green, green, big green. That that's worth at least seventeen fifty. Right. There's a bowling alley. A billiard room, an arcade, a projection room with a large-scale screen and full surround sound, well, a china room. I mean, well, would you do partial surround sound? Yeah, I mean, don't mess around with it. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, <laughs> you're going to do it. Do it. And a collection of fine art originals, including one of the famous dogs playing poker paintings. That's, yes. you know, 20, 30 million right there. Class. I was just so happy that Ian Ziering had work. I always love to see how people do spend their millions. You know what's you know it was honestly guys, you know it was the most disgusting part about it and I said to Teresa I said, "See, this is this is why." Because they have Mrs. Spelling who far outlived her husband. Uh talking about she it took 8 years to to design furnish the whole house, right? So it took eight years to get the house to completion, and she kept saying, and I had to travel all over Europe to get every antique that's in here, and I I had to have the huge staircase. It couldn't be built in America, and I had to have it brought over from France. No, you didn't. You didn't have to do any of this. You chose to do this. You chose Clearly, to Clearly, you do not share her standards. <laughs> You chose to gallivant all over Europe and and buy a, and ridiculous antiques for this house. You chose to do this. You didn't have to do it. Nothing would have happened if you didn't. It's not Blame like Luke they had. It's not like they they had. <laughs> Blame Luke Perry. It's not like they had Tori Spelling tied up somewhere with a blindfold on, and they were saying into a phone, "You have to, you know, travel all over Europe and get antiques for that house, so the kid gets it." I mean, come on now. <laughs> it was Gary Sinise and Ransom. That's correct. <laughs> I, I anyway. just hate when someone spends all of their life and all of their millions gathering all this art, and then it turns out to just be tacky. There's one room they kept showing, Peach, that was like a showpiece room. And I'm like, wow. I mean, even even I know. you know, And I, I can't even match socks. And even, I, and even I know that this room was a disgrace. To right. And Liberace and came over and he said, this place is gaudy. <laughs> exactly. 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 The Liberace took one look at that room and was like, no way. No way. Wow. Did they show the attic, Steve? No. I mean, right. They may have. I, I had to come and do this little radio program that we did. All right, because she was revealing uh, the never-before-seen 17,000-square-foot attic which housed a barber shop and a beauty salon. Naturally. Yeah, so that's I, equivalent in to uh, seven and a half of my house. I, I just feel like square footage. <laughs> I just feel like the guy who you know, uh, the 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 man or woman who someday cures cancer, God willing, they deserve that house. 
you know, not a TV producer who brought us the love boat. And Fantasy well, Island, yeah. I mean, in fairness. Yeah, I was going to say, and <laughs> Fantasy Island. Two and hours TJ Hooker. On Saturday night. And Melrose Place. I mean, it's fine. All right, let's see now. You had a syndicate. Add up here. <laughs> Is it adding up to a 56,000 square foot house, Cal? We keep going. <laughs> There's more. I mean, 90210, we don't even have to say. Oh, boy. Well, I figured hey, you that You know what? I have, I have absolutely general. no problems with an, an enormous house on an enormous estate. Uh, for some reason, though, I where I got offended, where I start to get offended, is when they start bringing in things like, you know, this gold dog once owned by Napoleon. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Come on. Do they have one of those? Is there a gold dog available? Can I get the gold dog? Uh, yeah, I, I, but, you know, again, we're talking about it uh, now in modern-day times that a television producer has this, this house. And again, brought us many, many hours of entertainment and some, you know, almost even softcore porn with the Locklear. But, uh, you know, or at least stuff you could use. Um, but, you know, you're, you're comparing it to Napoleon. Right. Like, in a hundred years, you know, will we read about Aaron Spelling in our history books? You will not. This is what I'm saying. I wonder if the place has a vomitorium. Oh, I don't think there's any question about that. I think it has to, right? I mean, I think they were going the whole the whole whack with with excess. There had to be a room. Yeah, there had they, to be a Roman room, a Roman wing. Exactly, they had to go Roman with it at some point. No, no it's doubt. The Caligula suite. <laughs> <laughs> don't well, go in the right. water. Anyway, <laughs> you're gonna want to wash uh, <laughs> after after you get out of the pool. Um, anyway. Uh, Peach, uh, start chewing on that uh, fun load idea there, my friend. Christmas episode. You talk <laughs> about Christmas episode. I'm talking about my top ten '90s albums. My fifteen. In the '90s, <laughs> from the '90s, and and there within the '90s. Uh, we'll talk to you in a bit, brother. Very good. Um, so anyway, Cal. Cross that right off the shopping list, please. Okay, that's I I I know you. I know you really care, but uh, I'll take something nice, something small. It's off the market though, so I know you were gonna get it. You were gonna. You were thinking about it. We were trying to figure out. It what was, and then it's off, it's off the market. Yeah. We were trying to figure out what the mortgage payment would be. <laughs> What do you figure the mortgage thirty year fixed rate? What do you figure three three hundred fifty thousand dollars a month? You do that. Then of course I said, well that's with no money down. They might want to see a couple of dollars. You know what do you got to put down on that? I'm sorry. I'm just I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I almost wish that like somebody like Shaquille O'Neal bought it. It's fascinating. <laughs> you know, like why couldn't it have been some ridiculous athlete that bought it? Why couldn't A-Rod have bought it and put his Minotaur painting up above the bed? That would have been better. That would have been better than some of the stuff I saw. Anyway, uh, Cal. Yeah. Lots going on in the sports world. Let's get to that. Okay. Well, here, here's how I want to frame this the big unload here. Here's how I want to frame it. The big unload wasn't the Spelling Mansion. 
No. <laughs> okay. I want to ask you. Okay, so my uh, uh, my boss at work is a huge Broncos fan. As opposed, as opposed to my boss in my house, who does not really care for football. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, he's a, he's a huge, uh, huge huge Broncos fan, and I've said this before. I lost that bet to him when the Jets played the Broncos. I was giving seven points. Of course, they lost outright, so I had to wear a, a jersey of his choice all day at work. Uh, this year, he again chose the Romanowski, so I had to wear uh, – but it is a game-worn Romanowski, by the way. Yeah. Well, it's, 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 a game, it's still Romanowski, though. It's a game-worn Romanowski jersey, and you know what? I feel – I felt like all steroided up anyway. Like the minute you put it on. <laughs> you start yelling. I started screaming at people, knocking stuff over. I spit, phone I, book. I spit in somebody's face. It was, it was bad. <laughs> No, but anyway, uh, he's a huge, uh, huge sports fan, but he's a huge Broncos fan. And so we're, I want to see if you agree with this statement, Cal. He said that Tim Tebow, like the, the ratings for that game against the Bears this past week were like – it was like the high, one of the highest rated regular season games in that time spot like in 20 years or something ridiculous. And he, was, he, he contended that more people – who don't care about football are watching football and watching Tebow than like even the Super Bowl, like maybe more than ever. Would you agree that he is that much of a compelling story? I argued no, but I, I could be absolutely wrong. People, his, his contention is people who care nothing for football are watching football because of him. Wow, did you – wow, what happened? You okay? Did you fall down? Yeah. What okay. do you think? What do you make of it? I disagree. Why? Um, I think casual football fans would be tuning in to see what all the fuss is about. I don't think a person that has no interest in football is tuning in just to see Tim Tebow. You okay? Well, he I he framed it this way. Maybe am I misunderstanding the question? No, you're not. And I argued the same thing, but then he framed it this way, and I had a, a little more difficulty with my contention. And that was, everybody watches the Super Bowl, right? Whether you care about football or not, everybody watches the Super Bowl. That's, I beg to differ. I know someone who doesn't care about football that does not watch the Super Bowl. Okay, let's take a somebody <laughs> out of this equation. You know, if you have no interest in football at all, you don't watch a game all year. Right. Okay. You wind up at a Super Bowl party, you wind up somewhere, you watch the Super Bowl. Okay? A lot of a lot that's a lot of people that don't watch a game of football all year except the Super Bowl, right? Yeah, well, how many people watch the Super Bowl? A hundred million people? Uh, a gazillion. I'm Almost sure like, you could fit them all into spelling matter. <laughs> into the gift room. The, uh, for the, what, the West Wing gift room, yes. Um, it's a, yeah, it's a large percentage of that 100 million probably didn't watch a game all year. 
I'll go right. with that. And, they, and they're they're interested because it's there's more to the story here. It's a it's a it's not just about a football game. It's an event, right? Sure. So, so his argument is with Tebow is that because of the Christianity, because of the controversy, because of the uplifting story, his game, and because of the success he's having, his games are becoming an event for people that don't care about football but want to see what all the fuss is about. So they're seeing Tebow stories on AOL, and they're seeing Tebow stories on Yahoo every time they go to check their email. And they're saying, you know what, I'm going to watch a game and see what it's all about. It's tough to argue that. I, I get his point. I don't know if I believe that, that that's happening. You don't think so? I don't know. Do we know anybody that doesn't watch football? I give you. I, I mean, an ex- my mother-in-law um, loves the story, and so therefore said to me, "How about that Tim Tebow when they were visiting a couple weeks ago? You know, isn't that a great story?" Now she, right. you know, now football's, okay. on, football's on in her house quite often because uh, you know uh, her, her husband will watch it, but. I could see her sitting down and watching a game to see what all the hubbub is about because it's a great story. I don't. I, I Let me give you this. Yeah, go ahead. No, um, I was watching the end of the game last week. I had it on, and when the announcer losing their mind over Tim Tebow and started saying his name over and over again, my wife, who was sitting there reading in style lifted her head and said, oh, that's Tim Tebow? And then went back to her article. So I, so I guess, in a way, it did draw her attention. Her, of all people. Of all, I, mean, I mean, she is, she is case zero for people who have no interest in football. Yes. Like if you take the population of the world and you rank them from zero to the most obsessed football fan ever, she is patient zero. <laughs> she is prognosis negative. That's where it starts. <laughs> and she looked up and said, that's the Tim Tebow they're talking about. She looked, she, she looked up. She actually stopped what she was doing and said, oh, that's Tim Tebow? I think his lo- – go ahead. I'm sorry. No, well then, and that. I think his larger point was, uh, uh, basically, that what other player has that happened for? I mean, where else has that happened? You know, what what other football player can you honestly? In my lifetime. Yeah, I, I mean, in our lifetime, can you honestly say? Uh, that that people are that that Allison would look up for would tear her away for in, from in style for even a fraction of a second. Well, the best part about that story is that when I when she when she looked up and said, "Oh, that's Tim Tebow," and I started to explain what was going on, she immediately tuned me out. Right. She had no, wanted no part of of you know what exactly was happening. She's not buying the Tebow mania. She was like, oh, like she was, she was curious for a second, sure, and then she wasn't because he's everywhere because it's everywhere. Now, let's break that down a little bit because we 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 
I thought we had a very good discussion a couple weeks ago, Brian, when they played the Jets. Or actually, no, it was before they played the Jets when they played Detroit and and the Lions mocked him and uh, they mocked Tebowing and stuff. I thought we had a very good discussion about this as far as God in sports and, and you know, people thanking, uh, you know, saying Albert Pujols every time he gets a base hit, every time he hits a home run, the minute he touches home plate, he's pointing up to God, you know. Every time Jose Reyes gets a base hit, he points up. You know, it's not like this has never been done before. However, not sure it's been done to this level or taken to the level that Tim Tebow has taken it to. So that makes him a fascinating character. He had the controversy when he came into the league, and he was very outspoken in his political and religious beliefs about uh, pro-choice and pro-life. Um so that that definitely makes him a polarizing figure. But I think it's gone to back in college. What's that? He used to he used to put psalm numbers from the Bible on his eye black in college. And this is this is his strong uh Christianity is not a surprise. I mean this is not out of left field uh at all. I don't know if we've ever seen an athlete rise to prominence so quickly against odds and against what was expected of him and have that be such a part of the narrative. I mean, I think that's a big part of this, Cal. You know, this is a, that's a big part of this. That It's a huge part of the narrative. So I'm not sure... I'm not sure like where in the in the in the uh the fabric of you know sort of sports pop culture or sports culture where you can even rank him like I I I I don't remember something like this. I don't. I don't remember a, pl- a player that that's this polarizing that's been successful so quickly but against all odds, like people still say he's not even an NFL quarterback. I, I don't think he's an NFL quarterback. But he's winning. You know, his own owners don't want him. Like, the story is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And he's doing it at the end of the game. He stinks for 52 minutes or 55 minutes. And then it's all against the prevent defense. I, it's like I, I was watching that game, Cal, and I felt like it was Zoolander against the Bears. I'm like, they're all the same look. I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. Like, why are you playing a prevent defense against him right now? You blitzed him for 52 minutes. Why are you you stopping now? It makes no sense. So, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. This is a really weird phenomenon. Hold on, Cal. You're breaking up there, buddy. Let's make sure we got – let's make sure our producer is on top of this. I know he is. Cal. 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 <laughs> That's a huge help, Peach. Huge. Uh, we're we're having a little problem with the uh, doctor. Erase test is unavailable. He is unavailable. Doing doing what I can. You're you're a heck of a. I mean, this is why you get the money that you get. This is why. Uh, you, you... <laughs> Let's see if we uh, we're having trouble with the call. Uh, Peach, do you still have me? We're having trouble with Skype. 
Yeah, you're here. We're on. Okay. I just want to make sure that... Yeah, everything's a delight. Cal, are you still there? No. No, he'll call back. It'll be fine. Yeah, we've lost Cal. Uh, Anyway, uh, Peach, what's your... uh, Cal will be back in a second. I love... I'm sorry, I I couldn't hear the conversation because I was too busy on the front lawn (laughs) T-bowing. I'm sorry, but it sounds like prison slang. I'm sorry, it just does. Well, he's a verb now. Didn't you know that? Yes, I did know that. He's, you know, he's an action word that you want to put on your resume. Do you, I mean... Frequently (laughs) T-bowed. Are actors putting this on their resume as special skills? Yeah, 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 you know. I accentuated the uh, new paradigm in in T-bowing. I can T-bow if you need me to do that. Right. Uh, I studied T-bowing for four years at uh, Stellar with Stellar Adler. I have TiVo. No, seriously, Peach. You're always sort of the the pop culture outside the spectrum guy that we have. Have you seen anything like this in sports? Have you seen a guy who's this polarizing, who's this much of the story, um, and who, quite frankly, is the narrative right now in professional football? I like I like Tebow. You I like enjoy him? Tebow. I don't think he's I don't think he's that great of an actual player yet. And I uh I agree with what you said in that uh, what's he doing for the first 52 minutes of every game? <laughs> I mean it it's I, it's obvious that from a football aspect uh you know he he he's got his team keeping him straight. What's happening? Cal is back. He's getting heavy. Apparently, Cal Cal had to run. Cal ran all the way back. (laughs) You can hear me breathing? (laughs) Yes. Yes. Wow. You're back, though. Welcome back, Cal. We were just, PJ and I, PJ was just saying that he likes the Tebow. Uh, He likes him. Okay. Yes. I enjoy the Tebow. He missed the beginning of the conversation because he was Tebowing on his front lawn. Um, (laughs) But no, PJ was talking from a football aspect. What is he doing for the first fifty-five minutes of the game? And I, I and my contention is, it's not what he's doing; it's what the team is doing against him that they mm. stop doing, that they somehow magically stop doing. I mean, he needed a fifty-nine-yard field goal to be good in that's only good in Denver, you know, and then a fifty-three-yarder to win. I mean, just things are breaking right. He needed Marshawn Lynch. Uh, to act like an idiot and stay oh, and run out of bounds and then fumble. He's, he's a good high-altitude quarterback. That's what he is. <laughs> he's the guy you want when when you're 6,500 feet above sea level. Right, and the other team is exhausted. Yeah. Well, let's see what happens this week against the Patriots. Well, that's the thing, Brian, isn't it? This That's the big thing. There's How much does God want the Broncos to win? Well, look, uh, see, but Tebow doesn't. Tebow doesn't do that. Ah, does doesn't he? <laughs> no, Tebow does. doesn't have to. They all do it for him. Maybe. I think he's read into more more than uh, than he should be. Uh, I mean, he 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 does give his spiel. He does he does uh, thank God after every game. 
but he he, 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 he thanks, I don't hear him saying like you know I thank God for this ability. I thank God for coming to my aid when this happened. You know what I mean? Which a lot of other players do. You you need. He does. I mean, that's the first thing he does is he thanks God. Yeah, you you need to read some more of the quotes, Peach. All right. I mean, even in his Sunday interview today, and and it it always is very much about, or it always seems to be very much about being blessed, and being mm-hmm. you know blessed blessed with great teammates and stuff like that. And but you know it it is also, uh, you know, thanking God. It, look, we could get into we we could break that aspect of it down. It's a huge aspect, obviously. It's a again, I'm going to use the word narrative one more time. It's a right. monstrous part of the narrative because so much of this country politically is divided uh with uh the right wing uh christian aspect and it's a christian country and you know the, the, or, or is it or whatever i mean this feeds directly into the political discourse that we now find ourselves with okay and and that's to me what makes this really fascinating is not only to see how he's dealt with or how he, how the media handles him because there are people in the media that have been patently unfair to him, in my opinion. Oh yeah, absolutely. When it, when it comes to his football playing ability, however, there have been other people in the media who have called him out for uh, for some other things that I kind of agree with. So, again, is he a great story, Cal? PJ, I'll ask yeah. you that. Fantastic. He'd be on my broadcast every night. Inspiring, role model, good guy to look up to, and also brings. I, don't, the I wouldn't go that far. Don't, don't forget the Super Bowl commercial. I mean, what was that? What was that about? Right. See, I wouldn't go that far either because I don't. I don't know if I would make him a role model because I don't necessarily believe in a lot of the things he's espousing when it comes to his religion. See, that's again. This is the fine line here, guys. This is why it's such a fascinating. I mean, honestly, Cal, let's take it back to sports. What kind of number is that game going to do? And they got it flexed, right? They got it flexed to the. They did did not get it flexed. It's not. That's right. They wanted. So it won't won't be shown here in New York because it's on the same time as the Jet Eagle game. Right. So it stays at four fifteen on CBS. Now, my guess is that that is the game that will go to the majority of the country. Yes. But it won't go – they were talking about that this week on the radio. It won't go to the New York and Philadelphia markets, which are two of the big, biggest markets in the country. Right, but that, that's the only place it won't be shown. But, that'll, but that will bring down the number yeah, that, but it's, 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 that it could do. It's still going to do a monstrous number, Cal. But, but my, you're right, but my point is if it had New York and Philly involved, the number would have been record-breaking probably. Sure, sure. No, I, no, I agree, but, uh, but that's what I'm saying. Take it back to the sports. How intriguing of a game is this with, you know, the Broncos versus the Patriots? The Patriots are a far superior team, maybe not defensively. But that's because I think if you, me, and PJ went out there and we ran a couple routes, we could probably put 21 points up on the Patriots defense. But, you know, 10, or, uh, uh, 10 weeks ago, you would have laughed and said this game was – they were fighting over this game to flex it. Right, he's 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 the story. He's a bigger story than Tom Brady. He's a bigger story than anybody. In eight weeks, he has become the biggest, most talked about star in the NFL. Well, and the other thing is that the Broncos are now in a position that they would make the playoffs. 
Right. Which which makes this even a bigger story because now he's leading his team to the postseason. Yeah. And you watch these games, Cal, and I swear – well, I shouldn't swear when we're talking about Tebow. But um, he, <laughs> he wouldn't care for that. But um, yeah, honestly, you, you got to be out of here. I'm watching that game like you got to be kidding me. It was the same thing watching the Jet game. It was like reliving that nightmare. Uh, why stop doing what you've been doing for 55 minutes? I don't understand it. Well, look, a lot of things are bouncing his way, uh, for sure. He's also a winner. He's made the plays. He's a tremendous athlete. I mean, let's give credit where credit is due. But that's only the tip of the iceberg with the story with him. It, it really is. And uh, do I have to root for the Patriots this week, Cal? Because I've had enough. I'll be honest with you. I, I said that on Sundays. Like, enough with them. I've had enough with the Tebow. I've had enough. It's not so much the Tebow. It's more the the, the Broncos. Like, what you know, enough with the winning and the, and the comebacks and the the miracles. Right, and running uh, and running, you know, running a wishbone offense, and you know, it's just annoying. It's annoying. You know, Sorry. There's a re- there's a reason why I don't watch college football. <laughs> there's a reason for that. Well said. And that's, you know, as the co-host of a sports talk radio show, and I'm admitting that I don't watch college football. Yeah, well, who cares? It's not like you're you're making fun of fantasy football. No, I, mean, I mean, never. What modern, you know, sports talk host, <laughs> talk show host would possibly make fun of people who play fantasy football? I, I don't know. It's 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 not a multi-billion-dollar business. You know what? Only 20 million people participated in fantasy football this year. That's it. Only 20 million. That's it. We're referring to a local sports talk legend, Mike Francesa, Mike Dupp, who continues this season to make fun of fantasy football. <laughs> It's not 1983. Yeah, don't tell him that. I mean, come on, guy. Come on. Get with the program. It is remarkable how he has his finger on the pulse of sports fans today. He really really is dialed in. He really is. It's unbelievable. This is is the guy, Cal, who's been touting for weeks that he's going to release this unbelievable technology. (laughs) It was supposed to be released the week after Thanksgiving. Right on his show, they're gonna de- we're gonna debut. It's gonna be uh, apparently yeah, it's gonna be amazing. It's gonna be just Revolution. amazing, revolutionary. It's gonna revolutionize. Everybody's gonna have it. Everybody's gonna copy it. Everybody's gonna copy it after we get it. This is a guy who who do- doesn't think fantasy football is a worthwhile industry. I told you it's gonna be an online chat. <laughs> he thinks it's so groundbreaking. Right. Meanwhile, we're doing one right now. On Black Talk Radio, our little show with our with our twenty listeners, we're doing one right now. Be able to uh, send me a message on the computer instantly, Brian, and I'll be able to see it right away. It's going to be enormous. It's huge. I mean, nobody nobody's doing it. The guys in the uh, the guys in the back, okay, they've been working on this for a long time. Okay. Okay. That's the reason why we haven't had it. Now, I, you know, I, I wanted to have it before Thanksgiving. 
I was, you know, I, I told them I wanted to have it before Thanksgiving, but they couldn't get it before Thanksgiving, okay? Because it's, <laughs> it's huge. It's enormous. It's, it, it takes a lot of work, and I don't, understand, I don't understand the mechanism behind it. Okay, but it's huge. And uh, we'll get it going, you know, maybe not by Thursday, and then I'm off on Friday, and then there's the weekend. But Monday, Monday or Tuesday, I know. Yeah, he, when, when he was talking about releasing it, that's exactly what he was doing. Yeah. He was going through the days of the week. Well, you know, Thursday's Thanksgiving. And when he's off, right. When he's off, nothing happens. Right. Obviously, they can't do any work. I, I just I can't wait till it's revealed. Anyway, I, enough about Tebow. Enough. Uh, I do want to talk about football, though. We'll continue the talk about football with the, the Jets, Cal. Okay. And the Giants and the NFL playoffs are coming up. There's a game going on right now. The Falcons are shellacking the Jags. 34. As you'd, as you'd expect them to. Uh, uh, unless, of course, you you bet on the Jags plus 11, 12 points. Because you felt that maybe that would be good. Well, then you'd be unhappy right now. Oh, by the way, Cal, Roddy White, 22 points tonight. Who has Roddy White on their team? That would be uh, Dr. E. Ray Stats, who I am playing in the fantasy playoffs. I see. Yeah. Now, tell me again why I have nothing to worry about. Don't worry. It's one player. Well, he has – Tony Gonzalez only has two, so that's good. So he's gotten 24, well, right. 24 and, points and you, out of those two players, right? And you don't worry because you have Aaron Rodgers. I do have the great Aaron Rodgers. So the Aaron Rodgers, about it. <laughs> the Aaron Rodgers experience. On the, on the plus side, I have Roddy White in my other league in the playoffs. Ah, you got all your bases covered. At least I'm getting something out of this. Hey, Cal, uh, Jets play the Eagles this week, a team they have never beat. And uh, the destiny for the Jets is clear-cut, Brian. After a stomping of the Kansas City Chiefs that got their coach, Todd Haley, fired, uh, they uh, will take on the Eagles this week. Destiny is in their hands if they win the last three games of the season. It's amazing that they've gotten back to this point. It's, it's, it's absolutely amazing. And again, PJ called it at the beginning of the season. The season will be Survivor, and it really has been. It really has been an episode or a season of Survivor for the Jets that they now control their own destiny. If they win out, they make the playoffs for the third year of the Rex Ryan era. Here's what I want to ask you about, Bri. Here's what we need to talk about, you and me. My partner. I have been saying for two years on this program that Brian Schottenheimer is the worst offensive co- – no, that, not that he's the worst. He's a mediocre at best offensive coordinator. Two more points for Roddy White. Uh, he's a mediocre at best offensive coordinator who uh, they win sometimes in spite of. He's a terrible play caller. He's uninventive. And he does not make his quarterbacks better. Okay? I'm not alone in saying this. A couple weeks ago, Tom Moore, the old offensive coordinator for the Colts, Cal, was brought in. He's been a consultant all year. Now he's he's in the building, Cal. He's in the, He's on the premises. 
Okay? He's there. Full time now. Okay? Okay? He's there. And in three weeks, they have as many touchdowns as the Packers and the Patriots. 13 touchdowns in the last three games. And last week, I'm telling you right now, you could see old uh, Indianapolis Colts plays in that game. I'll give you two examples. You ready? Go ahead. The uh, pass to the the third-string tight end, Baker, in the seam was a straight Dallas-Clark route, without a doubt. Hadn't seen it all year. Off the line of scrimmage, play action, to Baker in the seam, perfect throw by Sanchez. Uh, That is a Dallas-Clark play from the old school. Okay, and then I'll give you another one. The circle route that he hit LaDainian Tomlinson on for a gain of like 25. Uh, With Tomlinson coming out of the backfield, out of the shotgun, where Sanchez did a wonderful job, something we don't see him do very often. (laughs) But he's doing more and more since Tom Moore's been around. More and more. Did you see what I did there? Uh, (laughs) Looking off off the safety, he looked left, kept it looked left, and came back to his right, threw the ball in the center of the field, in the seam, perfectly to Tomlinson coming out of the backfield on a circle route. Guess who used to run that all the time? Hmm. Joseph Adai? No, they actually used to run that to Dallas Clark as well. Clark would line up oh. backfield to uh, to uh, Peyton Manning's left or right, and then Adai or the back Dominic Rhodes, whatever would he would you know line up with the two back set with him in the shotgun, and then he would look off to the left with Reggie Wayne or Marvin Harrison or one of those wonderful receivers that he had, and then he would throw that ball right back in the middle of the field into the seam. Beautiful. The bigger point here, Cal, is that these are plays I have never seen. Right. Six years of Brian Schottenheimer, never seen them. But these are plays that he's calling. Yes. These Go are on. plays that he's calling. Well, I'm 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 going to provide the yin to your yang here, if you'll allow me. Keep it clean. All right, I'm going to keep it clean. And let and let me be upfront and tell you that I agree with you. All right, sir. You're also not going to be happy to know that Roddy White just scored another touchdown. Oh, come on. <laughs> In a 34 nothing game, they threw a, they threw a 30-yard touchdown to Roddy White. I mean, really? Really? Was that necessary? Really? He's got 31 points now. No, I'm sorry. 33 points. Really? <laughs> oh, come on. Oh, Dr. Ray stat. I can just hear him. I can just hear him. You can literally hear him. Oh, I just, I just, you got to be kidding me. Oh, go ahead. Listen, nobody likes a fantasy football lamenter. I know. Nobody likes fantasy football on the podcast. I got it. Unless it's a fantasy only, podcast. I the only it. person that cares about this right now is you. And Evan. And Evan. <laughs> oh, and me. Son of a... I, I have a vested interest in this because I want to see what happens. Mother of pearl. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's, yeah. get back, let's get back on track here, okay? Yeah, back to Tom Moore. 
Let's well, forget this because you have Aaron Rodgers on Sunday. So let's let's get back on track here. Well, we don't need Roddy White to have a forty point day, Brian. It's still early. It's only the, the six minutes left in the third quarter. I know. Let's go back. Okay. So you're talking about these are plays that you haven't seen before. Correct. These are old Indianapolis Colts plays. They've got Tom Moore's fingerprints all over them. I agree with you. I think it's great. I want to see more of this. But the argument on the other side is that, and Tom Moore will tell you this too, Brian Schottenheimer is calling the plays. Right? He's the one sending the plays in. Okay. So he's still in charge. He's still the coordinator. And he's going to get credit for this. Good. Maybe he'll get a head coaching job. Well, that's, that would be the best. And if we can send him to Miami, all the more better. What I'm saying is, is he not, though, at this point, Tom Moore has to have a hand in the game planning on a weekly basis. He, do, he clearly does. And he also, he's sitting up there in the booth. You don't think he's on the headset saying to, you know, Schottenheimer, let's run that one now? Now he might be a good team, time for this? He might be. Oh, I don't think there's any doubt. Cal, I'm going to go all conspiracy theory on you. You ready? Yeah, go ahead. This is the best Rex could do without firing uh, Schottenheimer or without taking his play-calling responsibilities away from him. I mean, is it any coincidence that Tom Moore suddenly comes out of retirement and is going to be in the building every day? When at his lowest, at his absolute lowest point, and people are calling for his head, and they want the play calling taken away from him. And Tom Moore's being brought brought back in. Oh, he just decided to come out of retirement. Nonsense. I think it's for. I just i I think it's fortunate that they had a guy like Tom Moore on the payroll. Yeah, but this is we we've talked a million times about how Rex has a blind spot for his assistant coaches. Yeah, no, I know, I get that. This is exact. This is how he gets. What he you know he he gets a new play caller without actually having to have a new play caller. Uh, you know this is how he gets a new OC without destroying his old OC and ruining any chances that Schottenheimer might have to get a head coaching job. Right, and then the narrative that everybody is on board with is that this is still Brian Schottenheimer's team. It's still his offense. He's still yep. calling the plays. Yeah, that's well, that's where I was going with the with the opposing viewpoint. Is that they're gonna they're trying to sell you on the fact that Schottenheimer is still in charge. Yeah. I, I don't I I think Tom Moore Schottenheimer may very well be calling the plays. I'm starting to think Tom Moore is whispering in his ear and telling him what to call. And you know what? I hope he is. <laughs> it's been a delight. Hey Cal, we have a we have a caller. Great. We do. We, we're going to talk more about the Jets and, and, of course, the Giants are off their huge Eli MVP-type win over the Dallas Cowboys, where they took hold and control of the, uh, the NFC East, which, by the way, the Eagles can still win, Brian. I know. The Eagles will still be playing for something uh, this Sunday, so don't expect them to fold up the tents. But uh, before we do all that, let's get to the guy. Let's bring in a guy, Cal. We had him on a couple weeks ago for Thanksgiving. He picked the three games. He picked them all correctly. Again, he made a, a glorious return uh, to the Ready to Unload program. Let's welcome him in. Uh, maybe he'll give us some games for Sunday. The 
the Swami. Hello, Swam. Yes, hello, gentlemen. I'm calling from 23-degree weather in Sioux City, Iowa, with the debate going on as we speak. And I figured most people would be watching that rather than that debacle of a football game on that other place. Uh, are, are you people politically inclined? Uh, you know, there's a couple things we don't talk about on this program, Swami. Right. Sports. One of them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> One of them is uh, we, we don't <laughs> we don't talk about uh, Charles Schultz and peanuts. Roger, Roger that. Roger. And we don't talk politics. That's a, we also never, never discussed the Rat Pack ever, because you know those those were some dark times for Cal and I. So we don't talk about those guys. No. All right, I, I think we're being monitored by a higher power now. Actually, uh, whoever is doing your producing is certainly uh, bleeping out most of my sentences as we speak. But uh, <laughs> question, question, Answer. as I shoot it right to you right now. What is this yin yang? Is that like Mugu Gaipan? Something with the, what are you guys doing there? <laughs> I'm here. I'm getting me, you know, all ravenous for a Chinese meal. All right, let's go to football. <laughs> That's what we're doing, Swami. Swami, oh. real quick, what do you? What's your? What's your order? Uh, when you, you know, we're getting Chinese Mugu food. Gaipan. Right? No, no, we're we're. Go- <laughs> We're going. Uh, we're we're ordering Chinese. What are we getting? What do you want? What does the Swami want? Well, if it was up to me, I'd get the hot and sour soup, and I probably would go with a uh, a mild a mild meal tonight. I'll be flying out, so uh, give me some uh, chicken and broccoli. Why chicken and broccoli. Cancel that. Cancel the chicken and broccoli. I just realized I'll be sitting in a public venue. That's no good. All no. Right. The... Let's go. Let's yeah. Let let's go with uh, something more palatable. We'll go with the uh, egg foo young, or chicken egg foo young. Very nice. All right, PJ, a you heard fried rice and some and some uh, spareribs uh, to start with. But uh, let's like get on the, football. You like I, the regular spareribs or the boneless spareribs? Oh no, regular. No. Really? There's, there's no fun having you know just all meat. I like the when, when I grew up. Uh, when I grew up, we we actually had pictures uh, of spare ribs. We never really right. got to see the, the the real ones, but uh, couldn't that's afford them. Went. That's right. All right. Not at all. Not at all. Three out of three on Thanksgiving Day. Did that's somebody correct. sound like they were astonished or, or shocked? I, I no. That's why you. Oh, okay. No, we expected that. Expected that. I expected that. I don't think many people did expect that because I noticed a, a tone of doubt. And Cal's voice as we were, I, I was making my prognostications there. He what? You know that's that's when you, somebody says what, that's kind of like a, a doubt. But we'll make believers out I of did, me. I did say Not, that. That's true. You you yeah. proved me wrong. <laughs> hey, what do you guys think about Saturday night's game? Tony Romo going back out there, and uh, will, will he finally you know get a team that he can walk all over and stay there for the full game? I uh, the Cowboys. You're referring to the Cowboys in Tampa Bay this Saturday night. No, no, Tony Romo. He plays. Yeah, of course, the Cowboys in Tampa right. Bay. I'm Who just like Tony Romo plays. Right. Uh, I I like the uh, the Cowboys in this game. As well, you should. All right, oh, sir. Yeah. I mean, think about it. Tony Romo, 26 touchdowns so far, and Josh Freeman. What? I don't know. Maybe a dozen. Something. Six. I don't know. <laughs> Six. That's half a dozen. No, he's uh, he's struggling. They've lost uh, six in a row, I believe, the Tampa team. 
Yes, yes. And it can't be the venue uh, because it, it certainly is a nice place. I've been down there myself. As have I. I've been in the uh, in the old stadium there in Tampa. Right, right, right. All right, so let's go uh, and think think about Dallas uh, getting back on a winning uh, a winning thing with the uh, game Saturday night. Right? How about we start with that one? Sounds we good. We don't even want to look at Atlanta forty-one nothing tonight. By the way. You know. Yeah, no, I know, I know. The, yeah, the I fantasy, know. the fantasy implications are ripe for me, Swami. Well, no, I, I, I warned you about that fantasy stuff. Uh, the name fantasy has to be amplified when you think about that. It's a fantasy. <laughs> the Swami does, the, the Swami does not deal in fantasies. The That's Swami deals in reality. Very true. But, but you do have. Uh, I guess they got maybe a whole. I don't know. Uh, well, what they probably play about three quarters already. They they they're just coming to the end of the. Well, they, there's still three and a half minutes left in the third quarter. And <laughs> God, you're a mercy rule. <laughs> laughing at you. Yeah, the the no, one, no, the one I, guy I, I'm I going to get has 114 points. Yeah, well, uh, there you go. <laughs> hey, Swam. Yes. Let's uh, let's let's. Can we skip to the locals? I want to hear what you think about the locals because we were just talking about the Jets. We're going to talk about the oh, Giants. Philadelphia. Uh, wait. Well, oh, you want me to go to the Giants first? Okay, I can do that. Giants I mean, Redskins. Oh, that game. Yeah, of course yes. it's the Giants Redskins. <laughs> do any of your listeners you know, have a, a schedule in front of them? They know what who's playing what. All right. They, all right you want to? If you you can't go by statistics, I mean, because if you look at things on paper, I mean, like. Manning, uh, 25 touchdowns, uh, 400-yard games. And we go over to Washington, uh, Rex Grossman, what? I don't know. I don't have his numbers, but uh, not not even close. Not close. No. I mean, you can't underestimate the skins, and you never want to do that, even on your own home field. But but they are going in ebullient and, and, and buoyed up for this game. Ow. Somebody's got a thesaurus. Hey, hey! I got. I told you, I took shots for that. It's all cured. <laughs> Somebody's got word of the day toilet paper. Oh, all right. Now I know what you mean. Yeah. Every time people use that word thesaurus, they have to look look for that the, the dinosaur dictionary to see which one it is. But the one right. with the little spikes on the back. It's the one that sounds okay. like thesaurus. Exactly. All right, but I'm, I, I I have to go with the Giants. All right, I'm mandated. G-Men? Yeah, I'm mandated because because I, I don't have to cover the spread or anything. But I, I think that's right. You're just picking winners. Just picking winners. Oh uh, yeah, exactly. Oh, oh no. Oh jeez, I can't believe it. Jackson what? just got on. Well, Jacksonville just got on the scoreboard. Oh great! That means Atlanta's going to get the ball back. All right, next. <laughs> they, they have to get it back. They have to get it back sooner or later. All right, yeah. All right let's go to the. Uh, the, the 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 crux of the whole thing here, New York Jets. Yep. Versus, I don't even want to say the other guy's names. Philadelphia Eagles. Michael Vick bringing his team in here. Ooh. Yep. Yeah, I mean, like uh, this is toughie. I mean, uh, you know, numbers all tell me that the Jets, you know, should do an amazing job of sending Philadelphia back down the turnpike. You know, with their hats in their hands, but uh, I don't want to underestimate Philadelphia Eagles. That would be wise. No. They're playing in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. All things, all things being considered. All things being considered, you know, number-wise, 
let's go with the Jets. Statistic-wise, let's go with the Jets. Emotion, I don't think so. Ooh. Interesting. I mean, because you you, you got to use your head instead of that fantasy idea you got there. And, and <laughs> Mike, well, Michael Vick is feeling better. Yeah, those yeah. ribs are those ribs are feeling I think better. Get, I think they'll. I don't think it'll be a runaway. I don't. I think they'll give them a game. I don't think it'll be like you know what they did last week. I think they, they'll have their work cut out for them. And if they go in there, you know. Uh, if they don't listen to Coach Ryan too much, they probably got a good shot at winning. You know. All right. If they listen, if they listen to Ryan, they may get a little too overpowered with themselves. You know. Right. But now, now, uh, so Swam, so you you like the Jets there? Are you sticking with the Jets? Or are you saying the Eagles? Are you going with your emotions? No, no, I have no emotion. <laughs> I forgot. My bad. <laughs> Sorry. That's Sorry. Okay. I forgot for a second. No, I'm I'm going with the Jets. All right. Now, well, I don't think it's going to be a, 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 you know, a runaway. Yeah. The big, the big, big game that we really want you to weigh in on, okay, is of course the Tebow's against the Patriots. <laughs> Why did you mention that? I, I think you have something against God. I have nothing I against hope, God. I hope not. You've got to get him on your side. I thought you were going to, you know, want me to do a good game like. The Colts versus Tennessee. Yeah, that's a big one. That's a hot game. Well, come but on. That, look who, look that's who's that's... back in the lineup. Look who's back in the lineup for Tennessee. Matt Hasselbeck? Oh, is there another guy back in the lineup? Yeah, <laughs> Matt Hasselbeck. You like you, – you, come on. We, we need the big game. Give us the big game, Swamp. Quit playing around. All right, the big game. Uh, it, 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 it's, it's, I, I don't like to do this just, you know – Quickly and 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 head off for the old corral, but uh, I could put you on the spot and say, what do either one of you two think? Well, uh, it's, it's, we we talked a lot about Tim Tebow, uh, and we talked about from the you know the the sort of Tebow mania aspect, and then we also talked about from the football. Well, aspect. what about football? Yeah, what about right. football? And we talked about the football aspect. I think that he can, and and the the Broncos. Uh, I think their defense is playing well enough that they can actually keep this game close. Um, I don't know if he'll be within, uh, you know, 10 points in the fourth quarter to to sort of pull off the magic that uh, he's been pulling off of late. But I will say this, that Patriot defense is awful, okay? It's terrible. They have Julian Edelman yeah. in <laughs> a shutdown corner yeah. right now. And it, it is awful. And on a weekly basis, it seems to me that Tebow, uh, Tim Tebow is getting more and more confident in his passing down the stretch. And, and even though he started out that last game, I think he was like 3 of 18 or something like that. He had about five or six drops in the first half. He threw some really yeah. good balls. Well, and, the, you know, he a couple lit, of drops among friends. Right. <laughs> and, he lit, yeah. and, you know, he lit up uh, the, the Minnesota Vikings a couple weeks before to the tune of 250 yards and a couple of touchdowns. Yeah. I, I think that Denver can keep this game close. I think there'll be a lot of emotion. I think that it's a huge game for them. Uh, I do think that New England wins in the end. But I could see this literally being a, oh, like a 31-27 game or something. I think that Denver will put up 31, points. 31-27? Yeah, I could see it being a high-scoring They're affair. They're playing in Denver. Yeah, so? You know, Mile High Stadium, you know, uh, sure. You, you can't go into my high stadium, uh, you know, without realizing that Tom Brady is playing for the Patriots. 
Yes, I know. You, know? you don't come to you don't come to Vegas and talk to Mo Green that way. I understand that. That's exactly right. I you know you know my philosophy on all of these things, and I'll share with you and your audience the four or five people that are still left. Uh, that the, the <laughs> zing. <laughs> Gee, this team is composed of many. I'm players. sorry. Say that again. I was sleeping. I'm sorry. Uh, I was afraid you were. <laughs> You were Tebowing and you fell asleep. You Probably fell asleep in a Tebow. It's a higher authority. No, a, a team and inherently in, in that name says it's made up of a lot of players. It's not made up of just Tom Brady and not made of Tim Tebow. It's got a whole bundle of guys. And as a whole, as a group, as a a, a team, Denver doesn't have anything that's going to stop the Patriots <laughs> unless they they bring a couple of you know ringers on the field, you know. But I, I think it's going to be a, a, a walk away for the Patriots, personally. So there you go. I, I'm, I'm picking the, the Pats to do a number on Denver. Uh, and, but I don't think they're going to embarrass Tebow. You know, I think he'll embarrass himself. He'll just uh, take take care of, you know, take it right out of uh, the Patriots' hands. All right. Yeah, so All right. I'm going with the Patriots. All right, Swamp. Well, we, so we got the. They the are Cowboys. like, aren't they like 10 and 3? They are. All right. That's a pretty respectable record. I mean, Denver, you know, <laughs> you know Denver's, what, 8-5, and five, I think. But let me look. Yeah, 8-5. and five, That's are. pretty good, too. But who did they play against and what did they accomplish? Uh, they, Tom they, Brady. They, Tom Brady's got more touchdowns uh, and, and half. He, well, I'll put it like this. Let me look up. He's got 33 touchdowns and Tebow's got 11. Mathematically, that says Patriots are going to kill them. You know, but that's, right. I go with the Patriots. All right, all right. So we got the so nobody wants to hear anything about poor Cincinnati and the Rams. I was looking nobody, forward to that. Nobody, <laughs> nobody's going to watch it. But I don't yeah, even I know if I don't even know if people in St. Louis and and Cincinnati are are concerned about that. Swam, let's sum up the Cowboys. Okay. The, Jets, the Cowboys, the, the Jets, the Giants, and the Pats. I love it. And I'll throw two more in there in case you want to make it around, Robin. Please. You know, I'm going with Tennessee and Hasselbeck. You know. <laughs> All right. And I'm going with Cincinnati over the Rams. All right. Excellent. So th- there's the big six. Swan, will you come back on next week? We'll talk some more. If I can if I can get out of this debate tonight with the Gingrich not the, the stepping on anything uh, or yeah. any part well, of his anatomy. You don't, want, you don't want to get stepped on by Newt Gingrich. No. Not at all. Not at all. He's a hardy. He's a hardy fellow. Yeah, a stout lad. Any time that any time that Chris Farley had to put on a couple of pounds to play you, <laughs> you're yes. you're. Yes, I'm Swami. sorry, Tim. Yeah, I'm sorry, Chris. You just don't weigh enough. That's right, Swami. Don't uh, weigh <laughs> keep your keep uh, keep your powder dry there, will you, pal? Okay, guys. Hey, listen. Once again, great talking to you, and uh, stay safe. All right. Thanks, Swam. All right, the Swami checking in with his big six games. Come on down. (laughs) Zing. Oh, boy. That's the, uh, Peach, that's the next clip we need. We need a zing. By the way, uh, the Falcons still throwing the ball. Up 47. They felt the need to get Roddy White another catch. But at least it's not Matt Ryan anymore. Yeah, he got the he got the ten catch bonus. That's great. That's what we needed. Do you, 
Do you know who the backup quarterback for the Falcons is? Yes. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Kellen Clemens. You're wrong. (laughs) It is Brody Croyle. Without looking, you're wrong. It is, let's see, how many bad quarter? It is, uh, uh, it is Vinny Testaverde. You are wrong. You're never going to get it. It is uh, Joe Cap. No. It is uh, Art Vandelay. I don't know. <laughs> it's Chris Redman. Chris Redman from Louisville. Yeah. Yep. From Louisville. Good for him. Hey, Cal. Uh, the uh, <clears throat> the Giant game. There, the Giants play the Redskins this week, as the Swan was talking about. Huge win against the Cowboys. Uh, last second, yeah. lit, pulled it out of the fire. How do you? Where do you stand on the freezing the kicker thing, Cal? I hate it. You hate it, right? I hate it, but I mean, it it worked this time. Oh, it totally worked. Could it be more like watching the coach come out there? And and I know a sports guy, uh, Bill Simmons and and Cousin Sal, were talking about this this past week on the podcast. Because Cousin Sal, on their podcast, because Cousin Sal is obviously a huge Cowboys fan and could barely speak. (laughs) Uh, And he was at the game. He actually went to the game. Oh, really? Yeah, and he was talking about, you know, they got, they got to, you got to change it. And Simmons suggested that maybe. Uh, you you know if it's a game winning or game tying kick you can't call the timeout within ten seconds uh, of the play clock like you know if the play clock's down to ten you can't call it um, but they they got to make a rule it's ridiculous it, it really is it really really is like it's just so cheap uh, I don't like it it is cheap and and especially when you have the coach standing right next to the ref right. And he calls it at the last possible second. Yeah, and 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 in this particular instance, Coughlin, the play clock was on zero, right? And and he got the timeout. Cal, I gotta ask you about Eli Manning. Ugh, I'm so tired Cal. of talking about Eli Manning. But I mean, if it's not for Aaron Rodgers, he's the MVP right now, right? He he's got to be. Can you make a very good case for that? He's thrown for four thousand one hundred yards already. He has what five fourth quarter comebacks this year, something ridiculous. That's not a tremendously talented team. It's not six six fourth quarter comebacks. Thank you. Yeah, do, does he have two thousand? Did I read this right? He's got two thousand fourth quarter yards this year. Yeah, I, I believe is that possible? Almost half his yards are in the fourth quarter. I mean, it's just it's staggering, unbelievable. So, uh, look, you could make a strong case. Now, here's what cracks me up about Eli Manning, though. I mean, he's very good. He he makes throws that I didn't think coming out of college he was capable of making. But Giant fans have, especially a lot of the ones I know, have been clamoring for a new quarterback for like three years. I mean, literally, for some Giant fans, the honeymoon over the Super Bowl and the Super Bowl MVP and the championship was like eight minutes. That makes no sense to me. I, I understand. We're in the same boat, Brian. I agree. I think the guy got you a Super Bowl that buys him five years. You know, But he's the first overall pick. You trade for him, blah, blah, blah. He's supposed to be elite, et cetera, et cetera. They want him to be his father. 
And he does throw some. He still throws some terrible interceptions. But and, you want to know something, Steve? It buys him five years, but we are now five years after, or rough four years after the Super Bowl, and he's having his best season ever. And he's an elite quarterback. He's elite. He's one of the he's one of the top five quarterbacks in the NFL, right? I would agree with that. Yes, we talked about this last week. You can't come up with any. You can't come up with five better quarterbacks than him right now. You can't. You can't, you can't come up with five guys you'd take over him right now. No. I mean, you you, you know, besides the obvious. I mean, Rodgers, Brady. Period. You take Pey- you would take Peyton Manning over him right now. Healthy, if he- if healthy, right? Find another one. That's it. You taking Roethlisberger? Can't. It's a toss up. Yep. It's five. It's four or five right there. Boom. Yep. He's a top five quarterback without a doubt in the NFL. But he throws some passes that are just chucks, Brian. Yeah, he does. He really does. I mean, he's got the patented back pedal on his heels, not looking where he's throwing. Heave. <laughs> I mean, I mean, if you're a Giants fan, that's got to drive you crazy. He really does. It, but he, yes, go on. No, but on the flip side, he makes some throws. He puts balls. He he throws passes. I didn't want to go where I was going. He throws passes in places I don't didn't think it was possible. He does. He fits some balls into space that you didn't think he'd be capable of. He also makes. Guys like Victor Cruz into legitimate NFL receivers or in a hurry. You know, or Steve Smith caught 106, you know, uh, passes one year from him. I mean, you have guys like, uh, uh, you know, Glenn Ballard. Is it Glenn? Or is that the music producer? (laughs) (laughs) That is the music producer for Alanis Morissette. Glenn Ballard produced the Alanis Morissette album that everybody That's right. That's how good Eli Manning is. He makes Glenn Ballard good. Are you, uh, PJ, will that be on your album of the 90s? The uh, little You Ought to Know? Jagged little pig. Not anymore. Uh, what's his name? Jake Ballard? What's the guy? Jake Ballard. I don't Jake care. Ballard. He's a stiff. And this He's guy not is, a stiff. He's and good. this guy's... Oh, come on, Brian. Who's ever heard of this guy? Nobody. But he's good. He's got and good hands. making catches in traffic and hurting people. I mean, come on now. Come on. So uh, I'm saying this is a credit to Eli Manning. Yes, he makes he makes players around him better. He has a terrific leadership quality. Quiet. That very quiet, but when the game is on the line or or things are, you know, you need the team to come back and you need them to make a play, you trust him. You trust you, if you are down, if you're down 4 points, with two minutes left, and the Giants have the ball, you trust them that they're going to win the game. That's fair. Because of him. Yep. That's fair. No, I, I and well, I think he's he's assumed that that role on that team. Now, where the defense has been awful, it's been awful, and they expect him to pick them up, and he has. I, I, he's just he's having a pretty incredible season. It really is a pretty incredible season in my estimation. And and you talk about controlling your own destiny. The Jets control their own destiny. The Giants control their own destiny now. Correct. Who yeah. would have thought that that was possible after losing four in a row? The Giants uh, absolutely do. They're 7-6, and six, but if they win out, 
they uh, win the NFC East. Period. They don't and, even have and, to win out. Right, and they'll be like a, right. They could lose two of those two of those games. No, one of those they games. Could, they need to lose one. They could lose one game. The Jet game. They can't lose the Skins game because that goes to, could, that goes to uh, division record. You know, no, but then that. well, they could they could lose the Skins game as long as they beat the Cowboys. Right, but I'm 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 saying they they that's obvious. They obviously have to beat the Cowboys if they win the Skins game and win the Jet game and lose to the Cowboys. They can still win the division. Uh, that's right. Because then it goes to division record. That's right. So they need to beat the Skins because right now they are what are they? Seven two, and six. But they're two and two in the division. Uh, in the division they have. They're three and one. No, they lost to the Eagles and they lost to the Redskins. Oh, they lost to the Redskins. You're right. Opening day, right? So they're yeah, you're right. So they need they need to beat the Skins. Yeah, they they do. But and I think they will. Uh, but where but where I'm going with all this? Do you see, do you see do you see where I'm heading with this? Uh, I don't. Okay, maybe it might be it might be more of a conversation for next week because maybe we don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. But next week's game between the Jets and the Giants is shaping up to be a ridiculously important game. Yes, the likes of which I don't think we've ever seen around here in New York for football. Yeah, for football. Yeah. Yeah, for both teams. We've had important games between the two locals for one team. Right, never never for both teams. When the Jets I mean, uh, eliminated the Giants in 88, I guess it was, with a win on the last game of the season. Yes. Al Toon from Kenny O'Brien. Brian, guess, okay. where I, guess where I will be during that game on Christmas Eve? I know where, you're, where you'll be, so it's not fair for me to guess. All right. We'll tell the folks where I'll be. You're going to be in a plane. I'm going to be on a plane. Watching that game. That's, that's correct. Heading, heading to Texas. I'm telling you, this might work out beautifully. It's perfect. It's perfect. There, you know, there, you have no other – you have nothing else to do yep. but sit there and watch the football game. Yep. And I'm not, like, ignoring my family. Nope. You're not shirking your responsibilities. You're multitasking because you are commuting at the same time. That's correct. It's brilliant. <laughs> I love it. There's only one wrench. There's only one fly in the ointment, monkey in the wrench. What's that? As uh, as John McClane would say. Uh, if I can't get uh, – now, I've already checked. I supposedly can get Wi-Fi on the plane. Uh, okay. But if the if the signal's not strong, if I can't get the stream, you know, there's a lot technically that has to go right here. As, well, as Tom Hanks once said, uh, in famously in that thing you do, and I will say to the internet that day, it's very important you don't suck today. <laughs> I will say that to the whole interwebs that I I need you here. I need you here. I may even have a few pops on the plane. Well, I'm I, I, don't, I don't see why you wouldn't. <laughs> this, this, is, this, is, 
this easily becomes wipe and cut to me hammer getting off the plane <laughs> because it's a it's, it's a close game. Or being escorted off the plane causing an incident. Cut wipe to me like I'm not leaving this plane that just lost and I don't like it. You may be introduced to an air marshal. That's correct. Uh, yeah, take me back to New York. <laughs> Be a great way to see my in-laws on Christmas Eve. Sir, there's a disturbance in coach. <laughs> We're not quite sure what's guy, going on. Guy's screaming about the Jets and Schott- Schottenheimer or something. He said something about Schottenheimer. That's, that, I think, is the real fly in the ointment here, is how are you going to be able to watch this game on an airplane amidst other travelers <laughs> on Christmas Eve. <laughs> Christmas Eve. That was the year Steve ruined Christmas <laughs> for 168 unsuspecting people on American Airlines. That was that was the year. And I completely screaming about Brian Schott. He said something about Schottenheimer or something. I don't know. <laughs> like and call a draw something I don't know what he said I don't know nice route combination I, or something I don't know <laughs> he was crazy he was uh, obviously crazy sir we're gonna have to ask you to calm down <laughs> disturbing the other passengers and I'm gonna have to ask you <laughs> <laughs> yeah it just could get out of hand in a hurry uh bright oh boy. The rest of the uh, – we were going to talk about basketball tonight. I just don't see it happening. What's there to talk about? I, I just wanted to say this, that David Stern is officially crazy and, like, he can do whatever he wants. And he's yeah. just like, yeah, you know what? I don't care for that trade. Bring me another pig, more wine, more women. Like, was he laying on a couch with a laureate <laughs> on his head when he made this decision? What? Wow! Really? I think he's David, got a. I think he's jumped the shark. He might have. Is it possible for a commissioner to jump the shark? It's possible. He's gone crazy. I don't care for that trade. Bring me another one. <laughs> he's he's like the commissioner in your fantasy league that just starts vetoing trades for no reason. <laughs> You're like, what? Wait, what? We both agreed on this. It's a perfectly good trade. I don't care for it. Except for the fact that this is reality. It's not fantasy. And there's a lot of money at stake. A lot of money, and you're talking about human beings' lives. Right. And Chris Paul was all over the place for a couple of days. He didn't know where he was going. <laughs> exactly. And, and he, was, he was at the whim of David Stern. Yes. Who should have been uh, at this point should be played by like the guy who played Grand Moff Tarkin, right? Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. your trade is charming to the last. Peter Cushing. Peter Cushing, of course, the brilliant, the brilliant Peter Cushing. Charming to the last. I love how there's so many points in that movie where Peter Cushing, must who was a very accomplished West End. Actor, uh, you know, he may have even been Sir Peter Cushing. Uh, you know, there's several moments in that movie where he had to be looking around. You can see it on his face, like, what in the yeah. world? I think behind doing? his back, they called him Dame Peter Cushing. <laughs> if you know what I mean. If you know what I'm saying. 
I mean, there had to be several moments where he's like, <laughs> wow, is, is this what my career has come to? Wow. They called him Peter Tushy. Yes. <laughs> this is what I'm, I'm, I'm talking to a James Earl Jones voice box. He's not even here, is what you're telling me. You're telling me James Earl Jones is not even here. I'm sorry, it's a recording. <laughs> so I can't. Well, I can't. They, probably, <laughs> they probably told him that he was going to be in a movie with Alec Guinness, and that seemed like, you know, that would be okay. Right. But then when he got there, he's working with this German bodybuilder <laughs> <laughs> in a black costume. And he's like, right. this, is, this Alec is clearly gay porn. I don't know what this is. <laughs> Alec Guinness is nowhere in sight. No. You know, and Alec Guinness has several moments, even playing Obi Wan, where he's like, "These aren't the droid, really. What is happening here?" Yeah, you can you can actually I see him bri- roll his eyes during the movie. <laughs> I was in Bridge on the River Kwai. What is is this really happening? Am I really? That's all right. In a few years, I'm going to do Murder by Numbers, so it's fine. <laughs> I will have sunk that low. Uh, anyway, yeah, David Stern has really gone to. Uh, He's gone to. Uh, maybe he should be played by Michael Caine from now on. Bring me another trade. I don't care for this one. He's a British villain at this point. But I, I did want to tell you this. Uh, CP3 and Blake Griffin with the Clippers? I might watch that. It's a nice little pair. I might watch that because I do like watching the Blake Griffin. Over there on the TV. I love how I sound like a 75-year-old man when I discuss the NBA. The Blake Griffin. I do like why I care. 75-year-old Jewish man, apparently. I care for the Blake Griffin. That's a good program. They do not. It's a good program. I like the Blake Griffin there. I don't know what the what a CP3 is. Is that from Star Wars? <laughs> uh, I like that trade, Cal. What do you think? Yeah, it's a good trade. It's a, it's a it's a fair trade. I think I think the Laker trade was a fair trade. You know, was he looking out for the Lakers' well-being or was he looking out for the small market team's well-being? I think he was looking out for the small market team's well-being. You 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 don't think he was protecting the Lakers from themselves almost a little bit? No. No, I don't think so. I think he was he was trying to protect the interests of the team that the league owns. That's fair, I guess. So here's where I will contribute something from my wife to the conversation. All right. You'll get a kick out of this. Um, she was very familiar with the Chris Paul negotiations. All right. Sorry. My wife hates all things sports. Mm-hmm. Knew was 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 very in tune to what was going on with the potential Chris Paul to the Lakers trade. Why is that? I want to see if you could figure this out. There has to be a Kardashian involved. There you go. Bingo, bango. Because Lamar Odom is married to one of the Kardashians. I don't know which one. I believe it's Chloe. Is it Chloe? I believe it. I believe it. Chloe with a K. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Turns out 
they were really excited at the thought of Lamar going to New Orleans because mm-hmm. that's where Reggie Bush played. Ah, I see. And another Kardashian used to used to go with the Reggie Bush. The old lady there. What's her face? Another another Kim Kardashian. Was it Kim? Okay. Chris so, uh, Kaleidoscope Kardashian. <laughs> there's Klaus. a Klaus. <laughs> There's a Courtney. There's a Chloe. There's a Kim. There's a. Uh, is there a Courtney? I may have just made there that. There is a Courtney. Courtney is married to Lamar, I believe. Courtney okay. and Lamar. That's a reality show. Of course it is. Courtney and Lamar. So this is why so, uh, your wife was interested in this. Yeah, so I was... I, I don't know. All right. Hey, any tie-in. We'll take it. I don't know how it came up, but all of a sudden she's just, she just started going on and on about the, about the deal. And now he's going to Dallas, and she's not really happy about going to Dallas. And it's like, wait a minute. What? <laughs> When did you become Dr. Jack Ramsey? What is going on? <laughs> what is happening? Uh, she was thank like you. Breaking down the trade. Yeah, thank you, Jay Billis. Uh, <laughs> but it was nice. It was refreshing. It had to, to be. be able to, to have this conversation with her. Now, if see the the wonderful part is that I know, I know that your wife does not listen to the podcast. She does not. Uh, so she therefore will not be uh, upset with me or cross with me that I just used the There Will Be Blood intro music <laughs> when we were discussing her uh, her no, CP3 thing. She'd find that funny, right? Yeah. I th- Well, I think like with most anything that involves this show, she'd just kind of like shake her head. Right. Right. Or most anything that involves me. Practically anything that we do. <laughs> Ever. Anything that involves me. You and Evan. She just sort of shakes her head. Oh. Shake, uh, yeah. Uh, she just shakes her head. Yeah. It's funny. I'll be I'll be sitting there and I'll and you know, we'll be instant messaging yep. during the day. And I'll laugh at something. Just you know, you know, like I'll I'll chuckle. Just, I'll sure. read something and I'll ch- and I'll chuckle. Because the two of you are quite funny. Thank you. And she'll know right away who it's from. Mm-hmm. It's from one of you, and she just shakes her head. That's, I mean, that's the default reaction with her. Sure. Shaking, just, just the, the I've given up, what am I married to, shaking of the head. Right. I, I am familiar with this, uh, this look. You, you know it. I do. Hey, you know what we should do though? That's enough NBA. <laughs> we didn't really talk about it. We did. We thought what else is there to talk about? They aren't playing yet. You know. <laughs> I mean <laughs> what there's more Hey, how about the Knicks? Cuz speaking of speaking of our friend Dr. Eray, he did he did send a note earlier in the week about how excited he is for the Knicks. Oh, enough with the Knicks. What it's you know, <laughs> we haven't even started with the Knicks. It's exciting, you know. They've got a they got a good little team this year. Yeah, should be good. They've got it. Wow! Wake me for the playoffs. Right, well, we will. I'll watch the playoffs like a like a hawk. I was talking to somebody today about uh, the, the guys in my office are big NBA guys, 
and I was talking to uh, there's Laker fans in there, there's uh, Nick fans, there's a couple of Nets fans. They're, they're just big NBA fans. And so I was, you know, begrudgingly talking about <laughs> basketball with them. But just saying, you know, the 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 Knicks have done a good job. They're desperately seeking a point guard. I think if Mark Jackson stepped out of retirement tomorrow, they'd be ecstatic. <laughs> but uh, they're talking to Michael Red. They brought in uh, Bibby, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But I thought that the move for uh, uh, the center uh, for uh, refresh Tyson Chandler. Thank you, Tyson Chandler. Uh, was a good move for them. I I, I I think at any time we've talked about the Knicks over the last two years on this show, I've said the problem is Mike D'Antoni. I mean, I don't, I don't think there's any question about that. His system has never won anything. Uh, it, it's great; it'll get you 60 wins during the regular season, you know, but it's, it doesn't win in the playoffs. Uh, so that might be borne out this year. But he does have in in Chandler; he has a winner. A uh, guy who's coming off a championship and uh, will play a little defense, will help that front court, give them size. And you know what? You don't need a guy who's going to shoot the ball a lot from the point on that team, Cal. You don't. You don't need Chauncey Billups. You don't want a guy looking for a shot at the end of the game. You want a distributor who's happy to get his 10 assists and play a little defense. Maybe that's Tony Douglas. Maybe that's Tony Douglas, exactly. I I, I think he could develop into that because, you know, Carmelo... Anthony and uh, Stoudemire are going to take 60 shots a night. You want to see what Landry Fields develops into in his second year? Look, they should win their 66 games, Cal. Team should go 44 and 22. They should be a 40-45 win team. That's a lot. No, I don't think it is. I don't think that's unrealistic for this team. A full you play, six, team? You play 66, uh, 660 ball? Yeah, I could see that team doing that. It's, and getting a three or four seed in the East, I could see them doing that. Sure, sure. because they 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 should be able to score 115 points on any given night. Yeah, you know, the problem is going to come when they get into the playoffs and nobody still plays a lick of defense. That's why Tyson Chandler will play defense. No, he's going to be very lonely playing the defense. Very lonely. But look, we can get into basketball next week. The season starts next week, right? Uh, on Christmas Day. On Christmas Day in the morning. Well, at noon, but yeah. In the morning out, at, out I west. I said on Christmas Day in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> out west. <laughs> I love how Glee just pops up sometimes. On our show. He loves Glee. He loves it. Oh, he loves he's a, it. He's a closet sleep. I agree. Hey, it's time for the fun one. It is. Did they lose that game, Cal? Three two. Yeah, three two. Actually, you know what? With the fun load coming, we may wind up talking hockey. Let's see where this goes. All right. Why would we? <laughs> Favorite Christmas. Well, go ahead. <laughs> Welcome to oh, the. Oh no, we, cha- oh, we 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 went off. We changed topics. Sorry. That's right. I I pulled the rug out. Welcome to the uh, ready to unload fun load. This is a portion of the show where 
uh, myself, my co-host Brian, and our frequent contributor and producer, the pop culture bishop of PJ. Wow, too many names. Uh, we, <laughs> we talk about something uh, maybe a little outside the world of sports, in the world of sports. I suggested... Under the world of sports. Under the world, around. Um, I suggested that uh, we talk about, since this is our RTU Christmas episode, that we talk about our favorite Christmas episodes of TV shows. Because the Christmas episode is, in and of itself, a genre for a TV Ubiquitous show. Ubiquitous to television. It, right? <laughs> what are you, Walt Clyde Frazier? <laughs> That's what's... You, you, the Swamis, use an ebulent? What is going on? Did everybody I get enjoy a, the a swa- set of... I enjoy the, the Swami segments, and I like his vocabulary. I think he... He raises the level of the show. I think he does. More highbrow. I think it is a little more highbrow. It's a little Grey Poupon when he's on the show. A little bit. You know, Cal and I are like Gouldens, you know, maybe a little spicy. A little uh, spicy I like to think of my, myself as French's. I knew wow. it. He was yellow. See? I knew Who, he was yellow. Yellow. Who eats French's? I do. Oh, come on. Do you I like the French? The French is yellow. I do. On a hot dog. Oh, I that's like a terrible it. job. Nice. It's. T- I'm sorry, Cal. I can't even believe that. Put on a nice bologna sandwich every now and then. Oh God. How are you not eating Gouldens? What is going on? Too spicy. For who? Kids. For certainly for the kids. What? What are you? A 67 year old woman with diverticulosis? What is? What is happening? Now I'm. I'm a real mustard guy. I probably have 10 jars of mustard in my house right now. And real yes, mustard, you know. probably, right? What's that? Probably, like, real hardcore mustard, right? Uh, I got everything from uh, Nathan's. You know, Nathan's has their own brand. Excellent. Yes, yes. yes. I, I like their, uh, their mustard. Jello. I like that, too. There's some Gouldens. There's, there is some French's for when we have, you know, waspy company, you know. I don't know how else to say it right there, you know. The only time we buy white bread. <laughs> we're having Cal's, our lost friends over for Wonder Cal's Bread. Cal's coming sandwich. over. Yeah. The cow is coming over. We get some Wonder Bread. I'm coming together. over. There you go. You like American cheese, too? Yeah, a little bologna and American cheese. Mm-hmm. You stay classy, San Diego. I got some honey some mustard. I got French's. some Dijon. I got some uh, some home style with the, with the big chunks of mustard seeds in there floating right through it. Great stuff. I got one that's called Black Fly. It's full of whole peppercorns. <laughs> Looks like this fly. It's illegal in seven states. Actually, I think it is. We're still talking about mustard, right? I, yeah, but fly. I don't think you can buy that one in Florida. Are you, are you're really not even supposed to talk about it on the air. Oh, see, I've gone too far. You can't buy it in Florida. <laughs> well, I mean, obviously. I mean, for, for for obvious reasons. For obvious reasons. Yeah. You know about them and their black flies. How the mustard goes in Florida. Um, What's the border for that? Anyway, my my favorite Christmas episode <laughs> of a TV show. Of course. Go go back in the go back in in your memory vaults here, please. Christmas episodes. Festivus. Come on. Sure. 
Sure. I mean, that's a tremendous episode. Do we call I that just, a Christmas I, episode? I, I just consulted the internet and I find out that the name of that episode is The Strike. It's the not, Strike. It's not, it's not named uh, Festivus. Because Kramer has been on strike from the bagel, the bagel place. No bagel, no bagel, no bagel. <laughs> Ain't no bagel, no bagel. He's been on strike for like, what, like seven years? <laughs> the strike's <laughs> over. We're going back to work. Jerry's like, that was seven years ago. Uh, I'm trying to think back to the Christmas special. First of all, if you talk Christmas specials, you're talking about uh, your Rudolph, your Charlie Brown, etc., etc., which are on earlier and earlier every year, by the way. Yeah, right after Thanksgiving usually. Right after, yeah, right after Thanksgiving. Yeah, they're going to show Charlie Brown uh, Christmas special 10 minutes after the Great Pumpkin next year. Uh, I mean, it's just ridiculous. But... I'm, was there like a different Strokes Christmas episode? There had to be. There had to be. There was definitely a Growing Pains Christmas episode with Leonardo DiCaprio. Right. See, this is what I'm saying. A lot of these Christmas episodes wound up being very special. Like, you take in the orphan. Okay. Right. The orphan needs a family. It's Christmas. And they, and they wind up singing a carol. Yeah, I don't, I don't like those. Here's one for I you guys. never liked any of those. I would really? always turn them off, especially if the if it was a sitcom thing and they would try to do their own twist on a Christmas Carol. Har har har! Well, everybody right. Christmas past, Christmas future. Shut up. What Eat about the, the Brady Bunch growing. Christmas episode? It wasn't. A, it wasn't a. It wasn't a episode in the run. It was a special. Oh, very right. Brady are, Christmas. It came after. It came after the uh, the show was already off the air. Right, and it was you know, Mike Brady was trapped in the building that collapsed. <laughs> oh dear! And the only oh. way to get him out, right? You're talking about the one that that they did like 25 years later. Um, well, it wasn't that much later. It was it was certainly like early 80s though, where the kids had grown up. Was was Bobby driving a car yet? Bobby was paralyzed. Because he was a race car. He was a race car yeah, driver. Yeah, yeah, this is, yeah, that's good stuff. It was that's paralyzed. That's Christmas is all about. Dread. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Anxiety. Wow. I I remember I know I remember exactly what you're talking about too, Cal. I remember that episode and like that you wanted to see who they were married to and the Marsha was married to that one goofy guy that did so much sitcom work in the seventies and eighties. Yes. With the curly hair, I can't think of his name. Gosh, oh. he was a total that guy for like '80s sitcoms. Whenever you needed like a like a wacky guy to keep like falling over couches, oh, that's what yes. you bring in. <laughs> we need to IMDb that guy. Um, you, Pete, you, other what category? No, look up the very Brady Christmas. Pleasant schmucks from the '70s. <laughs> Pete, you mentioned the 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 Christmas Carol thing. I thought the Family Ties one was very good. Remember, Alex does the uh, Alex plays Scrooge. You know what? You and Family Ties enough. What's what's the problem? Enough. How Why? how how? In how many different ways are you going to defend that show? This what's middle the, of I, the road. Oh, you know, we're one out fight. of every sixteen people remembers its show. Oh, how dare you! Uh, oh my God. Oh. How dare you? Go. Classic show. 
Thou shalt classic not take show, really classic name show. In vain. Tell me three storylines from three different from three separate shows. Are you kidding me? The goat in the living room. <laughs> kangaroo. Kangaroo in the living room. Which is my favorite episode of all time. There is a kangaroo in my living room. A father is equipped to deal with certain things when he leaves his children alone for a weekend. Broken lamp. A spilled glass of milk on the carpet. There was a kangaroo in my living room. So, yes, I don't think I'll be talking to you anytime soon. That has my favorite line of all time. Come on, Dad. What do you plan on never talking to us again? <laughs> that is my plan. <laughs> That's, he's got to be a top five uh, father on TV show. Easily. Easily. Oh, yeah. Jerry he, Hauser played Wally Logan. There he is. Jerry Wally Hauser. Logan. Jerry, Jerry Hauser. Hauser. What else but, was he uh, in? IMDb does not provide a photograph, so it's very hard to tie. He's, as Steve said, he's been in everything. Every every eighty sitcom, right? I'm guessing he was. He did Golden Girls. He did uh, full, uh, Empty Nest. I'm putting him in there. How about this? Was Slide he Cameron. on It's a Living? You remember Slade? He was on Simon and Simon. Simon. And he was Simon. on T.J. Hooker. Sledgehammer. He was on Bigfoot and the Muscle Machines. Did he do Remington Steel? One day at a time. Chips. Murphs. Brady Brides. Wow. Guy had if you see a picture of this guy, Cal, you'll you know exactly who I know I know exactly who you're talking about with the curly yep. hair. Yep. Oh my god. Class what's his name again? He played Wally Logan, because Marsha's married name was became Logan, and his name is Jerry Hauser. Jerry Hauser. I mean, just talk about a career. What a job. What a great job. Uh, let me ask you guys a question. Where where do you stand on the Yule log? <laughs> you don't stand on the Yule log. It's on fire, Brian. Well, of course. Of course. <laughs> but oh what? No, but seriously. Uh, I remember it. Fantastic. Yeah, I remember it on as a kid. You know, uh, you go to on Christmas Eve. You go to, uh, or I used to go to my one grandmother's, and then yeah, the next day, you know, the child of divorce or whatever. So you wound up, you know, splitting the the Christmases, and the Yule log was always on at my grandmother's right. Brooklyn. Always on. Put the Yule log on. You know, I, I love it. I love the idea of it. I was always I, uh... told to go watch the Yule log. Yeah, that's and when well, the, when the Yule log was over, then we could open presents. They were hoping that you'd fall asleep. I would, yeah, that's, that's what that boy was mesmerized by the Yule log. Never worked. How how about I just the other reason I thought of this is because I was watching Modern Family the other night, and it was like the Modern Family Christmas episode, right? And uh, you know, largely predictable. Not a bad job. I guess, but I it it set me off on this idea of thinking of sitcoms that I loved and like the Christmas episodes. I still and, want to scream like Gloria right now, but I can't do it. My kids are sleeping. <laughs> Please don't. I do a good Gloria. <laughs> I'm sure you do. I'm sure you do. Do you push up the uh, push up brazier and everything or no? Do you want to know? 
I don't. Uh, I I feel like you could get a lot of very – if we went back and looked at every one of these sitcoms, you would find a very special Christmas episode. Let, let, let me oh, tell you one that, that really stands out for me, but it's, it's not cheerful. The, one of the Christmas episodes that really stuck with me was the uh, the mash. Oh, Christmas where they're trying to keep the guy alive. Killer. Yeah. Through Christmas because they don't want to tell his family he died on December twenty five. Oh. Oh. Right. That oh. guy and and hot lips working on him and meantime. Tremendous. Uh, Father Mulcahy he's down at the orphanage. And everybody was yelling at Winchester because he was stealing chocolate. But then it turns out that he was cold. he was secretly donating all the chocolate to the orphans. Oh. You just get a you just get a tear in your eye and a lump in your throat. And that's why I am the way I am. <laughs> <laughs> so now that's you know. more yeah, that's more your idea of a of a Christmas episode of a show. Now we're talking. See? Meanwhile, I like don't the... Don't forget, Arrested uh, Development had a Christmas episode. Which one? Afternoon Delight. <sighs> That's right, because of the Christmas party. That's yeah. right. That's the Christmas episode. That the $6,000 $6, suit. Come on! Come on! Yeah, that's pretty funny. <laughs> You're all fired. <laughs> <laughs> the best part of that episode, to me, is, there's, is that where Anne breaks up with him, too? And he's walking home, and uh, the the Charlie Brown music is playing. The, the Charlie Brown music. And he's walking. If you guys notice, in the background, there's a huge doghouse. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. There's a there's a red doghouse with a with a uh, is there a dog on top of it? Or? It's a dog on top of it. Yeah. yeah. There's the Snoopy dog on top of it as he's moping home. It's tremendous. He must have hurt his neck pulling his head down that far to to, to assume the Charlie Brown. <laughs> yeah. The uh, the other the other part of that episode that I love is the very end, like the little bit with Michael and uh, and George Michael where they're rebuilding uh, the banana stand again, and uh, you know they, they start humming "Afternoon Delight." Uh-huh. <laughs> Get to the part, you know, because it's gonna take months. It doesn't sound like it should be that dirty. It is though. It really is. <laughs> it doesn't sound like... so good. Uh, that Thinking might that that... maybe. That's a great uh, that's a great call as far as Christmas episodes go. That's like a sneaky. What about a Facts of Life? There has to be a tremendous Facts of Life, like Orphan something. George yeah, Orphan. I wonder what happens on a Facts of Life Christmas, right? Does Blair learn a lesson? Ooh, I wonder. <laughs> but did they, did they bring in Jerry Jewell to come in and and, and be horrible? <laughs> oh boy. Good night, everybody. Thanks. Come on. Wow. What's your fa- all right? So if we we're, when we're, I was a kid, my mother wouldn't let me put things on the tree because I knock it over. <laughs> I mean, could they get away with a character like that today? No chance. A self-deprecating DP uh, patient? No, I don't think so. I but uh, that's that's the beauty of it. When you go back and watch those episodes, they're so cringe-inducing. <laughs> And she was like a stand-up comedian. Like, I understand, you know, her brain surgeon joke and stuff like that. And that was like the one that always sticks out to me. And I understand why she was doing it, you know. I mean, uh, good for her. 
But like it was she, so exploitative. <laughs> she was a character. She was a device that, for some reason, you know, like put this character on the show to bring every scene to a halt. Why would you like? Why not just have somebody ride in on a unicycle and tell a joke, honk a horn, and then leave? Why not? (laughs) Why not just do that? That would have been less exploitative. Yes, that's right. Uh, And manipulative. Manipulative. Yeah, easy for me to say. Pancakes blue, but not on purpose. Well, I was, I was very uncomfortable. <laughs> Speaking of uncomfortable, I was recently reminded, and I don't even know if you guys know this, about the character on Mr. Belvedere, uh, Wesley's friend who had AIDS. Uh, no. <laughs> I think you're making this up. I am. I, I swear to you, right now. I swear to you, I'm not making it up. And if you Google it, you'll see it. It's a clip from a show. Where the boy walks in and Mr. Belvedere, I forget what his name was. Hello, Kevin. Hi, Mr. Belvedere. Hi, Mr. and Mrs. Owens. And they ask him, like, "How you doing, pal?" He says, "Well, I have AIDS, but other than that, I'm fine." Oh, come on now. I swear to you. Google that's it. That's that. That's that high watermark of '80s comedy writing. Yeah, I, I was mean, going to say first we're of all, all trying to forget. That's good writing. Right yeah, that's that's excellent writing. You got it. You got it. You got to check it out, though. I'd be better if I didn't have AIDS. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Oh, dear Lord. Record off the, record off the needle. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You know what? That is awesome, actually. Very the, only awesome. Way, the only way it'd be better if that was the Christmas episode. <laughs> Someone has a terminal disease. Record off the needle. Or a needle off the record. Strike that. Reverse it. I uh, uh, I don't... I, go ahead, Peach. I'm sorry. I'm also a big fan of uh, uh, Mr. Hanky, the Christmas Pooh, on uh, on South Park. Yes. You like the more subversive Christmas specials. <laughs> yeah. But Mr. Hanky... I'm with that. The challenge of Mr. Hanky was he, he had a very good message, but you had to get past the fact that he was a piece of poo. Right. And that it was disgusting. Uh, that show, and that you know, the, that's the height of subversive, right there. Right. The first time he was introduced on that show was just that. That episode is brilliant. Yeah. Absolutely right. It really is. Uh, Cal, does uh, Festivus rank up there with uh, the most? And and that has to count as their Christmas special. Oh, oh, I. Cal, how could I leave out the Curb Your Enthusiasm when he gets all the the nativity scene? Oh, he gets everybody. <laughs> everybody, because he eats the baby Jesus cookie. Yes. <laughs> and so to make it up to Cheryl, he gets the local church uh, passion play to come down, or not passion play, the nativity play or whatever, to come down and put on a live-action nativity in in his driveway and then gets in a fight with Jesus or with uh, Joseph because he comments on Mary's breath. I mean that's uh I was you like the you like the spicy Joseph? Joseph likes the spicy. He's he's ordering them Chinese food. 
And it was uh, what's his name from uh, Saturday Night Live and Anchorman. Uh, Chris Pardo. No, he plays. Uh, he played. Uh, uh, this Kackner? Yes, Dave Kackner is uh, oh, Joseph. <laughs> Joseph likes the spicy. You like the spicy, Joseph? <laughs> Had that Mary's got some some rack on her, huh? Ah, oh, I love that one. That is all the time we have on this episode tonight. I'd like to thank the Swami for calling in, giving us his picks. Very awesome. And uh, we will be back next week with an all-new episode. PJ, final unload. Next week, I'm going to be reading excerpts from my uh, two simultaneous screenplays. Um, Rex Ryan in the Chris Christie story and Chris Christie in the Rex Ryan story. Excellent. We look forward to that. Cal, final unload. Uh, next week, I'm looking forward to PJ's top 17 albums of the 90s. Finally. Damn right. And my final unload is uh, next week, folks, uh, we're calling the show Armageddon. Uh, it will be Jets, Giants, Wall to Wall. We will hopefully have uh, our buddy K-Mac on, the biggest Giant fan we know. Uh, and uh, we'll talk Jets and Giants big time. So next week, just Jets win this week, Giants win this week. So it's a huge, huge game. Right, Cal? Absolutely. And uh, did we learn anything on this Christmas episode? Or Yeah, not so much. <laughs> Tebow, bless us all. We learned, that, we learned that Jerry Jewell was just a pawn in the big television game of life. I always wanted to come down the chimney, but I thought I'd get stuck. (laughs) Good night, everybody.